Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening 45 Years, Macbeth, Being John Malkovich, The Lady in the Van, Son of Saul, and more. At the E-Bar on Wednesday, February 24th, see Shy Harry, an autumn portrait. And on Saturday, February 27th, see the premiere drag show, That's My Drag. The Bookshelf is an independently owned cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, Ontario. More information about the bookshelf's hours, listings, blogs, directions, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerotti, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. The following is a special documentary episode of Creative Control with Vish Khanna. about this label is that it doesn't try to be anything like it other than like a way to put out music you know and it's like really nice that it's not trying to emblazon itself on like every element of the performers so rare simone schmidt is talking about ide fix a toronto music imprint celebrating its fifth anniversary with two shows in the city on thursday february 25th established and gifted artists like jennifer castle Bry Webb, Alex Lukashevsky, and Schmidt's solo outlet Fiverr will play the Horseshoe Tavern. The next night, Friday, February 26th, newer additions to the label like Bart, Doc Dunn and Company, Mauno, and Schmidt's other band 
the highest order, will play a show together at the Garrison. For Schmidt, whose former band, $100, worked with a number of labels to release different albums and singles, Idefix founders Alex Durlach and Jeff McMurrick stand out for their unassuming and unwavering faith in the musicians they love. I think the funny part about Idefix, like celebrating anything about itself, is that that's like the opposite of, of what it does. Like it's really not brand heavy. Like, but for the like mandatory like you know Sun logo that that we put on every record, you know, none of us have to be like Idefix recording artist or anything like that. The way that Jeff and Alex have gone about it is to let artists have free reign and then support them in the directions that they want to go. So it's not like you enter into like a template. Where I see like a lot of other labels are just like more about pumping themselves. So it was almost like really hilarious to try to invite people to this event. Because I'd be like, yeah, you know, fix fifth anniversary. And people would be like, what are you talking about? Like they never heard of Ide Fix, but they've heard of all the the artists on the label, and like, you know, three of us probably wouldn't have, wouldn't be putting out records if it weren't for the label existing. So it was pretty funny to have that kind of humility, and then they're just breaking it for this 50 year anniversary. It's cool. <laughs> While Schmidt is part of a small, introverted group of musicians and creators who orbit Ide Fix, Christopher Shannon of the Toronto band Bart is not. He came to know of the label after falling in love with Alex Lukashevsky's 2011 album, Too Late Blues. It's a seriously broken world Whereby that rhythm ellipses Daddy's been drinking like a Son of a bitch, dipsomaniac He left us as he flipped us In a cloud of eucalyptus After hearing a Bart song online, Durlach and McMurk reached out to the band to express admiration for their music, and Shannon was impressed upon meeting them. obvious one is that mu- the music comes first always like they wouldn't have reached out to us if they didn't like our music it, you know if we were some band trying to look a certain way you know trying to act a certain way and you know they thought that they could sell that they wouldn't you know they wouldn't have reached out it was that they straight up just liked our music and then you could you can see that in every act that they do they you know no one on their label is the most sellable <laughs> product of a of a an artist or a band but they are like nurturing to that 
you know, um, to artistry first, and then it's more of a scramble to, <laughs> to see if, you know, everyone can sort of, you know, be successful or do do well or, or you know, get you know, get a little cash <laughs> for their trouble after the fact. The fact that they, you know, and that that even trickles into their aesthetic as well, like the all the the time and work that they put into like the the packaging and all the 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 way that the records look, the way that the records feel, uh, the way that the records sound, they like they put as much as they can into getting the physical vinyls sounding as good as they can. They you know they they work with this pressing plant in the states that is very sought after now and they were one of the first 10 or so clients that this place ever had that are in there you know that place is now heralded as you know one of the best pressing plants in the world i think it's called quality record pressings (laughs) i've had some experience with other labels before uh where that wasn't necessarily the case but it was just uh heartening to just see that when we got together for the first time, all they were talking about was music and the music of like our music and other, you know, they were just like, they love music and that's all it was. And they were, we were getting excited and passionate talking about, you know, McDonald and Giles as like a, one of my favorite records or, or the Alex record or anything like that. Um, that it wasn't like the conversation didn't go beyond that. Uh, you know, on our first meeting or anything. McMurrick is a seasoned and well-respected recording engineer and producer who owns and operates a Toronto studio called Six Nassau Street. His credits include albums by Constantine's, Always, Bruce Coburn, Rocket's Red Glare, Fucked Up, and many more. Durlach is a musician and designer who founded Standard Forum, a print shop and occasional label and publisher. The pair met years ago and bonded over music, but also recognized a mutual entrepreneurial spirit. I actually have a very vivid memory of meeting Jeff for the first time. (laughs) The the vivid memory I have of meeting Jeff for the first time is him being in Johnny's attic at his apartment on Dovercourt, where he got his Dovercourt Dovercourt name. And Jeff was sitting in front of a four track and uh, setting up, getting ready to record the band that we were in. And Jeff was being like, I don't understand. It's not giving me back what I'm putting into it. Saying that the, the the quality of the four track was really? yeah one hundred percent the four track that it was totally coloring the sound and you're like what I'm in hell what's going on and then afterwards later there you being downstairs in Johnny's kitchen giving uh, one of your beautiful stories about the booze can scene in Toronto oh and all and, in the same night yeah all that in the same night the same and you were the most colorful storyteller I've ever oh, met and I was like I like this guy was I, I was drunk was there drinking I don't think so oh. <laughs> I, don't th- I think you were quite sober <laughs> oh wow well it, but it was like I had 15,000 I had a 15,000 dollar signal chain <laughs> going, going into, into a, a task cam four like track just, yeah, yeah 100% it was, it, 
And you weren't getting bad when you put into it? Yeah, yeah, big surprise. It didn't sound so bad, though, in the end. But uh, that's yeah, that's where I met Alex. And um, then I was just like, wow, like this person is really bright. And you know what I mean? And then we would hang out and he was doing graphics. You were in university at the time. Yep. And we'd hang out more and more. And then just you were in bands. You were part of the wavelength thing at yep. the beginning. Um, one of the members or whatever of the collective that first started Wavelength. And then we would always talk about music. You know, we'd always talk about music. We, you know, we hung out. We were friends. And For a brief while, I was contemplating becoming an engineer or playing yeah. around with recording and doing yeah. recording. And yeah, did a little Jeff bit was of a that. source of wisdom on that and ultimately motivated me to not get into that field. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then... It's a little uh, crazy. You know, we started, uh, you started a label. Alex started a label. Yeah, so Standard Form, which is the name of my print shop, at some point early on was also putting out records by like Jeremy Strawn, Mike Smith with his Muskox project, my own band Arm Back On, and uh, a bunch of other stuff. And so, yeah, we had been talking about making records. And I remember you really clearly saying that you you had always wanted to have your own record label. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I mean, ever since I was a kid, like I had 45s and I like literally would take those 45s and arrange them according to the record label. Like that's how, you know, like I was, you know, entirely into it. You know what I mean? I'm old enough that I was collecting vinyl, like when it was the only format, you know, essentially other than 8-track. So yeah, it was something I've always wanted to do and it was just like making records. I mean, it's just kind of natural, you know what I mean? That you make records for a living. Like, why wouldn't you want to have your own record company? It's just, you know, it's always kind of been the way with entrepreneurs, whether it's fucking Sam Phillips or whoever. Like, it's just a natural thing to want to do. And so, you know, we would always, you know, talk about, oh, it'd be great if this was happening or this is happening. And, you know, maybe some of the people that we knew in our community were underrepresented or they just, you know, think there wasn't a right fit for them in Toronto or at the time. So I was inspired by Alex, like, actually doing you know doing the label and you know putting out records and going through the whole thing and the packaging was really nice and it was just like it was really well put together Six Nassau recording studio. Before that, I was freelance, so I had my own home studio, uh, that which I was did, amazing. That I did things at, and then I was also freelance, and like I would rent out bigger rooms to do my records, you know, whatever. Uh, depending on the budget, I would go to different rooms. But it wasn't like I had I couldn't walk into a studio that I was norm normally making a record at, like Halla. Like if I did the Constantines at Halla, I was going in and they're like, "Awesome, you're going to pay all this money," or wherever I was. So I couldn't walk in and be like, "Give me some free time because I want to work on this project that I like," you know. So I remember with Six Nassau when I first looked at the idea of it, taking on the lease and, and doing that. I was like, why would I want this? Like, what are the benefits of having this space? Like, how does this... And it was like, well, 
I can make records and put them out on a record label. Like that was literally like one of the main motivators of having that space is being able to just creatively be able to do things. Um, so then after that, we start, I started working on some records and I was working on the Deloro record. And then I was working. And you encouraged them to go in and start making that record. Yeah, they were they were like, hey, you know, we should come in for a day or whatever. And then, you know, they came in and I was like, "Okay, this is awesome. Let's make a record, you know, and see what happens, you know. Um, And then I was making a record with Alex Lukashevsky. We had started that record. So it was kind of originally conceived as like these were records that might not necessarily come out on this label that we were planning. But. They did because, you know, for whatever reason, we're like, okay, let's launch this label. And then we had this thing, this venue for these records. So that was really the start of it. I mean... And then the real kick in the ass was also the the Luyas. Then after, like, the we were... Yeah, or, yeah like, the, the label was going to happen regardless. We had these projects. Yeah. We had Deloro. We had Lukashevsky. They were underway. These were things that we were going to do. It was going at a very chill pace. Yeah, entirely chill. Very and chill then pace. what happened is I was making a record with Jesse... She was, Jesse and Louise were actually the first session at Six Nassau. Um, We were supposed to do it in Montreal at this place. It fell through and they said, can we come to the studio? So kind of rushed to get the finishing touches on the studio. They came. It was pretty minimal. Middle of winter, February. And we made this record. At least we got the majority of it done during that time. Finished this record. And they were playing a lot. They were going to New York a lot. And then they got signed to Dead Oceans in the States. So, and they had a label here that was going to put it out. And then that fell through last minute. And I said, okay, well, we're doing this label. Alex and I are doing this label. It, we haven't put anything out yet. You know, I think she knew about some of the plans. And she said, okay, well, let's, we'll hook you up with Dead Oceans and we'll talk. And so we all just got together and talked with them. And they were cool. And they're saying, and we just said, like, let's do it. So that was really good. <laughs> rush to figure out a name yeah i remember that really funny yeah where literally the cliche of looking through a dictionary yeah jeff went through a dictionary yeah. and found three different words that you liked and come back to haunt us nobody can pronounce it <laughs> metadata can't fucking everyone thinks it. we're from like montreal they, yeah yeah they're, we're french they don't understand it but you know what i stand by that my favorite things on on earth or just in general are things that I can't quite get a grasp on. I think they last longer because I want to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like it's better than just like some horrible name. That's like cliche. It's like people don't really get it. It's out of their grasp and they want to, they want to figure it out. And it just, it just, it's going to last. It's going to like, it has staying power because people like there's things like that with words or other things that I know 
that I'm like, oh, I respect that thing because it's just a little bit out of my grasp. And the actual, so I, I actually well, think it's a, in the end, with all the problems, I think it's actually working out. And well, and the actual meaning of it, I think. Is yeah, really well, that good. was so the, the actual. That was the actual. Motivation. The actual meaning of the French okay. phrase is when you get something stuck in your head and you can't get it out of your head. That's an idée fixe. Yeah. And like, what idea. a what a beautiful metaphor for you know a yeah. record label is that you're making music that can't get in your head, and I feel that's very accurate to what yeah. we've done. Yeah, and just yeah, and, 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 and why not? And why not keep my tradition of making unpronounceable band names? Yeah, so. yeah, and it <laughs> translates to an obsession, right? So it's just like that's you know. Yeah, I mean, the, the that was the reason we chose yeah, there's, it. There's a bit of an obsessiveness with us. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's how it started. So then we ended up putting out the Louis as the first record. And that was really good because, um, you know, Jesse just likes to kick ass, you know? So it was kind of trial by fire. It's like, okay, we've got to do this, you know? So it was great. <laughs> It takes real fortitude and trust in oneself and the people you're working with to sustain any business enterprise, and Schmidt suggests Ide Fix is thriving because it's helmed by two passionate but reasonable people. Well, Ide Fix strikes a pretty great balance, in my opinion, for what I want to do. Um, I think it, you know, there's so many things that are called music, so I guess music labels can be as diverse as music is. But I love albums. I love like making full albums and putting out full albums. I think in in the form of the album, you know, I think about a progression and a, a collection of songs and about the balance of a record. And I also think in like the LP format. So I think in two sides. So Ide Fix always puts out vinyl. I like that about it. There's sort of a tendency in record labels that I've worked with, because um, I've worked with a bunch of them. Like, I've worked with Deranged, uh, Triple Crown Audio Recordings, Blocks Recording Club, Outside Music. I've done things with Arts and Crafts. I find that it's kind of all or nothing a lot of the time. Like, uh, labels that are into uh, preserving the art of the LP and and honoring the form of, of old records often don't really want to look at the current state of music and how to survive on a business level because it's like very difficult reality to contend with. It's an ugly reality. I think it's like a reality uh, where the economy is like eroding the craft. So I think a lot of people throw their hands up and they say, you know, I'm going to run a hobby label. I don't really care if this music goes that far. I don't you know, I just want to put out these records and make it happen, which I do respect. Or they're like super business oriented. I see labels right now where, you know, they're not even making physical formats. They're just trying to generate content. Um, and then people are signing kind of ridiculous contracts with, with these labels. Uh, it seems like the labels really only litigate. Um, so it's very strange to find like a middle ground, I find. Jeff and Alex at Ide Fix, they just want to put out good records and support artists and try to make it a sustainable endeavor for us to do. And legitimately like look at the new models, like streaming models, they look at grants and they try to figure it out in a real way um, rather than just turning away in disgust. So that's great. 
I, I appreciate it. It's music. It's a powerful thing. Like it's, you know, it's a very powerful force. I mean, more it's music is done like more for like, I've seen its effect on people more than any other force in, in the world. Like it's like, yes, we're part like money and capitalism and that's the world that we're currently living in. But, you know, so I kind of believe that a lot of this was kind of faded. Like, you know, you put things out in the world, you put your message out or you put out who you are and it attracts like people. And these are the people, it's just, this is how it happened. You know, it came together and it's probably, it had to happen this way, you know? I think it's really about the music, like the, honestly, the music first and foremost. So music is art. Yeah. And I mean, there's the music business and then there's just like the music. And, you know, our focus is on first and foremost, the music. And when I hear people complain about, oh, streaming or Spotify or this or that, or again, think pieces about all of these different things, I'm like, you know what? Just make a good record. That's all that matters. Like people will come to you. I mean, you know. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We need to do our jobs as, you know, label guys. We need to, you know, put it out there and make sure that everybody's hearing it and, and whatnot. There is a certain amount of, you know, work we do and we do as much work as anybody else making sure that's out there. But honestly, like, uh, you know, on that end, like the the end of our, you know, like the singer songwriter or, you know, that artist part of our roster. I mean, you know, Jennifer Castle, Bri Webb, Simone Schmidt, Alex Lukashevsky. I mean, I just don't like I obviously I'm biased and I don't have an objective opinion, but it just doesn't get better than that. Uh, you know, even I'm not even talking nationally, I'm talking internationally like and I'm and, you know. Like, it's just, I feel fucking so privileged to be working with those people, and it's just spreading that gospel. And I think when people, it's our it's our responsibility to make sure people hear it, you know? And I think when they do, so it's working within the confines of what exists, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of just business, and there's a lot of music that's made solely for just a purpose. Like, whether it's, like, getting synced, you know what I mean? On what, you know, and it's just like poppy this or poppy that, or they know it fits a thing or, and there's just a lot of business people, I think. And it's, I get it, but it's, that seems to me like a really cynical way to look at something. Like it's kind of cynical. It leads to a lot of conservatism. Yeah. 100%, you know, and, and I just, I, I think that from what we've seen in the feedback coming back from, from us is you can't cater to everybody. You can't do every, you know, no, like, 
people just like all sorts of different things. But, you know, we're what we're doing resonates with an audience. Like, a, you know, there is audience. There's people who are f- like serious, serious fans. And they're like, ser- they're like, wow, this is what you guys are doing. It's not just like, this is what's happening now. You know what I mean? You've got a lot of friends or this is on the radio now. So it's like a thing that if you're 17, you listen to. It's, you know. So the business part of it, I don't really care about. I mean, we make sure that our artists get the exact same, you know, they're on the same platforms. They're doing this, they're doing that. We promote it as much as possible. And it's been super positive. It's been amazing. Like, I have to say, like, it's the reception has been amazing from, you know, everybody. No complaints. And, and you know, I don't... Or it's just, I, I like to think that even in 2016, it's still possible for art to coexist with commerce. Like, I still think it... I'd like to think that even in... That you can operate as a business, but still have, you know, artistic goals and artistic visions still trump you know um uh, uh the bottom dollar which is not to say that like you know we don't want to make money i want to make money for ourselves and for our artists so more in the sense that it's that we can be self-sustaining that people can live off this so you have to have some consciousness of that world but at the end of the day i think the the the, the final choice the final decision should always be driven by artistic goals and artistic visions yeah there's a middle ground and you know we talk about that a lot and it's it's about it's constant negotiation constant uh, constant conversation con- yeah but it's about making and i like a- that and i like that's a great challenge yeah like i'm i'm more interested in, in being challenging than being easy like and I, we always default it's always defaulted to the artists like we would never make a decision or you know ever it's always just like you know, if you want to do this, that's fine. We'll warn them. Well, yeah. Yeah. We're like, if you want to do this, it's fine. We might not want to put out your next record, but, you know, <laughs> it's just like, no, but, you know, there's certain, you know, certain things that we wouldn't, you know, want to cross. But that we're all, again, it's like a hive mind. We all kind of share the same beliefs. We're all, you know, been around for a while and we found each other. So, you know, we, there's a lot that just doesn't need to be spoken. I think we all share you know, the same aesthetic, but it's, it is truly, we are trying to have people make a living, you know, like that's, you know, we're trying to be like, you know, we're not, I mean, it would be lovely if all of a sudden somebody sold a hundred thousand records or a million records, that would be amazing. But working, you know, within the framework that we are, we're really just trying to make people uh, a living. Like, can you live on being an artist? Like that's our first, that's our priority. It's like, and, you know, it's, it is possible. It is possible if, you know, if, if people like what you're doing and it's managed properly, then it's, there isn't a problem to do that, you know? It's the label's philosophical outlook might be appealing to younger artists who don't want to play into the music industry's political landscape or the distasteful aspects of garnering attention for one's work. Simone Schmidt, in particular, can't understate how respectful McMurrick and Durlach have been. Uh, I'll be frank, neither of them are sexist, which is like very rare to find in uh, two men running something. Like, I mean, they haven't been sexist to me, but like 
generally I've, I, I contend with like the mildest to the most extreme forms of sexism in music and I never feel like I'm being undermined. I never feel like I'm underestimated by them. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's like amazing. It makes me feel like I can be a whole person and operate in the industry. It's nice. Christopher Shannon of the band Bart also feels as though he's being treated like a real person and an artist by Day Fix. The bullshit in the music industry to me is the idea that, oh, you gotta do a press photo and you gotta have, you know, you gotta make sure that, like, people think you are cool or think you look cool or you're act, you gotta act cool so your music gets heard or seen more. That that wasn't what it was about. It was more like this music seems like it has, you know, the music is the product, not the person playing the music. Uh, and that is, you know, f- you know, f- when my, uh, my buddy Nathan and I started this project, that was our whole thing. We just wanted to concentrate on music and become better at music and, and, and make our entire, all the energy that we put into this creative project be towards the music, which is what it is, you know? Thus far, Ide Fix has released 12 records over five years. But in 2016 alone, there are plans afoot to release half as many records by the likes of Bart, The Highest Order, Mauno, Doc Dunn & Company, Fiverr, and Jennifer Castle. Externally, the label's roster and catalog is represented by outsider artists who mostly fit under the relatively broad umbrella of indie rock, which is often made by white people, and in this case was in fact made entirely by white people. Given what I know of McMurrick and Durlach's eclectic tastes and open-mindedness, I asked them if they envision any stylistic or cultural shifts for Ide Fix in, say, their next five years of operation. Well, I think being that label, but putting out really good records is good. Like, it's enough to define us as different, you know? Like, if I thought that other labels were doing that really well, um, and I think there are, and I, like, there's, I think there's a lot of worldwide uh, examples of that, but I think there's a lot of people and a lot of talent in, in you know, uh, Toronto and Canada that needs to be, you know, it needs to be brought to a, a larger stage in an international fashion. And, and that's, that's really the mission, you know what I mean? And, and those are the people that are closest to me, closest to us at this point. Beyond, who knows what the future holds for the label? I, you know, and I, and I, I, I don't I, know. But and, right and I, now, but, but I, like, and I also think though the future of the label is definitely going to be about broadening that horizon. Oh, one hundred percent. I think we have been very self-aware to recognize that what got us started and what we kind of built our reputation upon is by a certain sound of a singer-songwriter, and I think that's been a great thing for us. But you know, I think as you do know us, you know that we have a very diverse taste in music, and I think really what it is is more is is a caliber of songwriting is really it's for me it's less of an aesthetic as it is like people really pushing the boundaries of songwriting and i I think going forward that's kind of like we're we're really excited to meet new artists like we're we've got hopefully two records well one record coming out by bart that's by a whole new uh new group of people that we hadn't known previously and we've now gotten to know really well uh and and some other folks that we're talking to that we're really excited about 
like I want to broaden those horizons. I'm not feeling like we're. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want the aesthetic to be white indie rock by any means. And so I'm very open to seeing what happens. But what I think is the the thing that joins and combines everything together, coalesces everything, is just is is a caliber of songwriting that I don't. That I think we've been incredibly fortunate to know people who are some of the most, as Jeff said before, some of the most talented songwriters out there, and 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 that's why I think we haven't put out as many records as other labels have uh, over the over, like in in our five years we're going to be, Bart will be twelve, yeah, and, and that's two seven inches are in that so, it, yeah. and I think <laughs> and I think so what does that average out to like something like almost two a year basically, yeah. which is low I think compared to a lot of labels and I think that's because we. It takes a lot for us to be floor, and I think that that is the that is the aesthetic is me and Jeff being humbled. And, yeah, <laughs> and up until now, I've had to make the records, so that takes a while. It's not just taking records that are handed across your desk, you know. Like there's not like an inbox of. I mean, we do get people submitting, but like pretty much, I've made all the records, and that stops now with the the new Bart. I've I played a hand in, but I kind of let them do their thing. One of the reasons that they were interest, interested in Bart in the first place was that uh, we produced our own music. They heard our record that Nathan and I, you know, made ourselves, and they thought it sounded good, like that we had a nice ear, <laughs> uh, and that Jeff Jeff had personally produced every record that E-Day Fix had put out up to that point, and it was appealing to him to sign a band that could make their own records. And essentially, we sent them the record when it was done, and you know that. And then we sort of worked from there. And Jeff kind of sat in while we mixed and was talking about sounds. And we started running things that we had recorded through his outboard gear at Six NASA. And so it was, it was really like supportive, but very relaxed. Like they just sort of s- stepped back and let us do uh, what we were going to do. I think the difference between us and other labels that you know, we may rub shoulders with or that it, we're playing around with in the same market is that, you know, we started our we started five years ago, which was the absolute worst time ever to start a record label. And, um, <laughs> you know, we d- there's nothing in our catalog that is like we can't hang a gold record on our wall. Like we there's no cash cow in our catalog. I mean, there is on our micro level, but we're not like sitting around with residuals or stuff coming in that is propping up our business model. So it's like we can't just be like you were going to put out eight records, even if we wanted to. I mean, there needs to be a slow build. That being said, it looks like we may do six records this year, which is like yeah. double our output in one year. So yeah. we're definitely taking it a hell of a lot more seriously now, you know. But, but yeah, I mean, I would love to get into all, like, I mean, the Doc Dunn record is going to be, it's pretty, uh, like, avant, like, fusion, jazz. I don't even, like, it's just great, awesome instrumental music. And I would love to do that. I mean, you know, I I have no, there's no genre that I would say, you know, other than, like, full-scale pop, um, new country, Okay, that's not going to happen. I mean, there is a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? I don't think we would wade into Christian, you know, stuff. You know, spiritual on some level. I don't know if Christian would be... I guess he was doing a gospel record. Yeah, well, a gospel record would be amazing. I mean, if there's a new John Coltrane around, like, please sign me <laughs> up. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of stuff. But, like, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, any music that, you know, that we would dig, you know. 
but it's like you got to have two guys that agree on it it has to work it has to you know and it's just like we get some death metal sometimes submitted it's always very interesting really yeah oh yeah the, right. the italian right italian guys we get a lot of weird stuff it's very it's very interesting to go through As for the future, Schmidt sounds excited about her own band's plans for new releases, which include a record by the highest order and a still-in-the-making album by Fiverr, which has already taken years of homework and research. Well, yeah, highest order, we kind of like just took our time and <laughs> threw in a bunch of hours over the course of two years. But the record's called Still Holding, and uh, I'm very excited for people to hear it because it's like... Very funny record to me. Very funny. I hope people like it. I like it. Um, yeah, it will be out. And then we're going to tour it. So that'll be fun to play those shows. I've been like working for two and a half years on research about uh, Asylum for the Criminally Insane that was opened in the 1850s. And I just did in-depth research into the case files of the women who were... Um, incarcerated there uh, for the first 20 years really loved doing that and it's been hard to finish the record because I uh, love to research but I gotta finish it so uh, yeah E.E. Day Fix told me that they wanted to put it out and I was like that's great this is cool because <laughs> um, I think it's gonna come with a book like a little book that I wrote so that is great that they're open to issuing it, you know, with the with the text. That's like unusual. A lot of the time, record labels don't even want to send a PDF of your liner notes with the MP3s. So that's really cool that they're into that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have been kind of keeping a lid on it because uh, I think it's weird to tell people about something you're not done sometimes, you know? Like, there's, like, so much uh, social media where people are, like, going into the studio and then they, like, take a picture of their tracks. And you're, like, oh, cool, like, right on. Like, way to take the magic out of this. You know? Like, the coolest shit before was, like, people didn't really know how music was made. Anyways, now it's, like, yeah, I try to just keep the ideas close and then uh, unleash them, so... I think that'll come out in November and on time for Christmas. <laughs> Through the gardens that we cross that to meet again All we know Life is unknown There's a time for marching So keep holding the line 
Bart record is called Holomew, and it will be out April 8th. While McMurk's the recording ace, Durlach remains an uncommonly gifted Juno Award-nominated designer who does everything he can to fulfill the vision of a musician with a cool idea for album artwork. The Bart record was no exception. Alex is an amazing resource for that. He has got a great eye and, you know, he knows what he's capable of printing, right? So we wanted the record to feel good in, in your hands. And one thing that we came to was that we didn't, on our record, there's, there's no ink on the entire thing. Every All the uh, aesthetics of like our physical record is done with foil and uh, embossing and debossing. So there's it's just like textures and there's absolutely no ink on the entire thing, which is really sweet, I think. As Shannon suggests, there are plenty of reasons why artists on Ide Fix are so loyal and dedicated to the label. They feel trusted, and they in turn trust the label. Oh, it's absolutely ideal. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to work with any other label in Toronto for sure. Even though, um, you know, other other labels may be, uh, for lack of a better word, buzzier <laughs> than 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 Ide Fixes at the moment, like. That's really not what they're about, and that's not what we're about. And it's just like it's a very copacetic relationship. We're all on the same page, and I think I'm pretty sure that's the case with all of their other artists. Um, we're definitely the least uh, rooted band or, or artist that they've got on their label. Like I think the we're sort of at the bottom of the rungs, so I think there's a we're a bit more of a difficult you know sell for them. Um, but really, that has never been an issue and it's amazing that you know it moving forward with whatever we're doing the idea of will this sell is never really at the front you know it's it's uh, it niggles around at the back <laughs> you know it's a, some sort of it feels you know you can feel it sometimes but it's never the issue it's never the main thing it's always about what will sound best what will uh, look best and what will we be we all be the happiest with I gave that devil some kind of good chase but man he just left me breathless climb my mountain fountain of youth For more information about E-Day Fix Records, visit I-D-E-E-F-I-X-E-Records.com. Thanks to everyone who participated in this documentary about E-Day Fix. Great, great record label. I hope you learned something about them and feel compelled to check out their records. Creative Control of Vishkana is available on iTunes, Audioboom.com, Vishkana.com, and we have a Patreon page. If you look up Creative Control with Vishkana on Patreon.com, you can make a flexible monthly donation to the show, and you can also view some t-shirts that we have for sale 
as gifts for people who pledge to the program. Uh, there's also a Facebook page for Creative Control with Vish Khanna on Twitter. You can follow the show at Vish Creative. You can also follow me on Twitter at Vish Khanna. The show exists as a, a radio program on CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph and the surrounding region. And you can listen to it online at CFRU.ca every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Coming up in the next few weeks, I will, in fact, complete the short tortoise documentary that I have been talking about for some time. I'll probably do it just ahead of their upcoming Canadian tour dates, which are uh, coming up in mid-March. So look out for that. There's also a long night with the Shkana episode uh, coming up, which features uh, guest appearances by Jordan Ferguson the author of a 33 and a third book about donuts by Jay Dilla. Stacy, a musical performance conversation with Stacy. Also a conversation with This Exists creator and host Sam Sutherland and stand-up comedy by Carol Zoccoli. And uh, tons more stuff coming. I'm still working on some stuff, but uh, that's what's coming up on the show. So stick around. Oh, sign up for the newsletter. I'm going to do a newsletter soon. I don't do them that often, but I will do one because there's a bunch of live events coming up too. I'll tell you more about it as things get finalized. But, yeah, stuff's happening. Okay, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.